1: Welcome to the Tuesday Show on Wednesday. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. By the way, today is, I told you yesterday, a date day show because we're not going to be live on the air tomorrow or Friday because of the holiday, and I just thought you couldn't go an extra week without hearing from Paula, so We've got her on the program today. So, ladies, especially for you, if you have any questions or need any encouragement, give us a call. Dial 210-340-9585. 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at CalvarySA.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number, one more time, is 340-9585. Apollo, welcome to the show. It's kind of weird to be here without having hung around you all day
2: I know huh we we hung around this morning we read Isaiah 36 and 37 which is a lot of reading but um it it went kind of fast and then you know we go to the gym and I can't hardly hear you talking to me and there's no smooching and <laughs> really, you know, because the music is horrible. you said a lot of smooching on Thursday. Oh, we do a lot of smooching <laughs> on Thursday. And we just came from vacation and I'm sure all the people were excited that we got to do some smooching um, and a lot of talking and looking into each other's eyes deeply into the pools of love, you know, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, now we're home and the Lord loved on us real good while we were there and and prepared us to come back and bring that love back here to San Antonio. So I'm not really complaining um, much. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. A little
1: teeny bit. Two weeks goes really fast, doesn't
2: it? It did. It, tw- it,
1: we had 12 days, actually. Mm-hmm.
2: And it, there, it was 12 really good days. It was kind of funny because, our, you know, one of our sons uh, had called or texted and said, So, Mom, what are the dates you and Dad are going to be, you know, in, in California? And, you know, Pastor and his wife, and we're Christians, and so we can't lie. And uh, they were, they asked me, they didn't ask you, so you didn't have that struggle, because uh, I wanted to tell them the 19th. But since I'm a Christian, Pastor's wife, you know, I said, well, we're going to be there the 17th to the 29th, but you don't know me and I don't know you till the 19th. <laughs> so Monday and Tuesday, no offense, you guys, but it's just Dad and me. We've got to uh, just rest not only our bodies but our brains and we would just be we wouldn't have been any good to anybody i don't think i wouldn't have we'd we'd have been able to by the holy spirit of course but whew, they they got it and so we got to see them and it was wonderful time but those first two days man just to relax and uh like you said uh we you don't want to retire You want to get tired again now that we're back. And so we're ready to get tired again, but not tired of the work, just tired sometimes in it because, you know, we used to be young and now we're not.
1: (laughs) Things change really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I know you had some things you wanted to share about vacation um, with the radio audience today. So why don't you just go wherever you want to go and we'll take it from there while we wait any phone calls.
2: Okay. Well, you know, going back to your study before we left, it was Father's Day and and, uh, on the 16th, um, Jesus first, always, only, so that we can be a flavor enhancer. And, you know, having gone to the beach and uh, in the salt water, you know, talking about um, uh, it's a great preservative, a purifier and a flavor enhancer. Um, Just thinking about the salt um, and who the Lord has made us to be you know he he has preserved us and now we get to go and tell others about the same preserver him and the preservative that he wants to do in in life
1: i showed you a bumper sticker when we were at the beach and it said salt water makes everything better
2: better that's right <laughs> it really does in fact i was talking to a lady today and she was she had been praying for the salt the cold salt water for your knees. Oh, and so I was able to thank her for that. Um And that salt being a purifier, you know, the salt of this world, you know, our, our Lord, he's purifying us daily. I'm um, even talking with a young lady today. Um, Just, we won't be perfect until we're with the Lord, but he's always in the business of purifying us. If we will allow him to. And so, um, you know, salt. When you think about it, it's it's such a you, we think insignificant, and yet it's for you. You put salt on your watermelon. I don't understand it, but it some <laughs> some people do. But, I like salt. Salt's good, mm-hmm. everything. But I like salt too, but on chips. You know, <laughs> I like salty stuff too, but but the chips. But it's a flavor enhancer, and because the Lord has. Um, chosen to live his life through you and, and through me. As we went to California and our family gets to experience us, that's a good way of putting it, I guess, um, the flavor enhancer of life, I can see that there has been a a, a change in some of my family um, that they want to be around us. They may not understand
1: Yeah, you know what's really interesting about that, Paula, is uh, on the unsaved side of our family, and we have a son and his wife who are unsaved, um, but but they didn't want to be around us. Before. You know, they'd kind of come out of obligation. Uh, We'd come to their house, and they'd put on a, you know, cook a lot and put out a spread and, and, and you know, more trying to impress us and just kind of hang out with us. Mm -hmm. And um, and and I've noticed how that's changed. Yeah, it's 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 that's what salt does. Mm-hmm. It's what light does. Jesus said we're to be salt and light, and both of those things are necessities yeah. in the world and requirements for believers. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, our family knows about our bench. Oh, by the way, the first question I got at uh, Monday morning when we got back. So the prayer breakfast. That's the first question I got. So was anybody sitting on your bench? (laughs) (laughs) And I told him about Mr. Moto, you know, our dog that we had when we first got here. Um, If you were sitting on his spot on the couch when you came to church at our apartment, (laughs) he would just stare at you, like, get the hint, move over, you're in my spot. And so there was a couple of times when people would sit on our bench. But I didn't do the Mr. Moto thing. I kind of stood back praying lord get them up don't they know this is our bench and we need to be sitting here talking and praying and and every once in a while somebody would get up and they'd move on but there was once when the people right in front of us
1: this week, in right in front
2: of us walked over to our bench and had the nerve to sit down there
1: let me explain for those of you who haven't <laughs> heard the stories if you're new to the program um we, we go to the same place every year and there is a bench on the beach uh, when I say on the beach, I mean on the sand. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a permanent thing. It was donated in the memory of uh, Eddie, Eddie and, and Barrel car Carr. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Paula and I have, have taken that bench. You know, I'll get up in the morning and, and run and exercise. She'll get up in the morning and exercise. Um, um, we'll walk and just kind of spend some time in prayer with the Lord individually. And then we meet at the pier. We walk to the end of the pier every day and come back. And, and uh, then we go sit on the bench and pray together mm-hmm. to seek the Lord and talk and pray. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that bench has sort of been ours last year for the first time. There was a young man who was a homeless guy who was sitting on that bench. So we went up and said, you know, you have to move over. This is, <laughs> this is our bench. And of course we took that opportunity to share Jesus mm-hmm. with him. Um, uh, this year there was a couple of occasions when somebody had the nerve to be on our bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you know there's just any opportunity you get to spend some time with the Lord, and any opportunity I get to spend with you mm-hmm. uh, is is really a good thing. We also spent a bunch of time in the Word together yes. this past week.
2: It was really cool. We read Nehemiah, Revelations, Revelations. I Don't, cannot believe us in. I, said I that. can't either. Revelation. Colossians. I was looking at my next word. Colossians, first and second Timothy, Amos, Philippians, and then um, part of Ephesians. So it was to read a, to read a whole books in a row <laughs> was really huge. And of course, we read stuff over and over again. And Nehemiah one we read every day, and you said you think I read it about twenty times.
1: Yeah, because we were, you are were reading it several times a day, and mm-hmm. we, we read it over and over. Uh, you know, when when we left, I uh, you know the Lord always kind of gives me a couple of books that we can focus on. And um, I, I told you, I think Paul and Lord wants us to go through Revelation mm-hmm. and Nehemiah, and uh, so we started the first day, and I thought, no, the Lord really wants to. Talk about talk to us through Amos. Mm-hmm. So we went to Amos first, mm-hmm. and Nehemiah kind of got pushed till the till the second week. And as soon as you read chapter one to me, mm-hmm. I knew that was the message that I was going to bring uh, when we got back on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, you know, I just said you read that. We'd sit down to read somewhere, and I'd say, "Well, read Nehemiah one first a couple times." And so, so on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you were reading that. And then at the end is we're getting ready to leave. Like, read the chapter one mm-hmm. to, me, to me again. And um, it, it's just an opportunity to really soak And You know, I believe in repetition. Um, you know, people say, well, you read the Bible. I mean, how much more do you need to read it? Oh, my
2: goodness. Well, yeah. It's
1: living and active. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I believe, at least um, my experience has been, not just with me, but with others, that um, if we repeat something, uh, the Bible study that I'm doing tonight in in, in the prophecy of Isaiah, uh, God repeats this same story almost verbatim three times, three different books in Scripture. Every matter is established by the mouth of two or three witnesses. God is, God is simply saying, this is really important. Mm-hmm. And so um, um, when you're reading something, um, you're sort of just soaking yourself in the Word. And when you do that, then we have the opportunity to sort of let God really go deep with you. And that's what he what He was doing with us. Mm-hmm. And he used Nehemiah chapter 1 to sort of give me some, some direction for uh, this year, from vacation to vacation is the year I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, we expect Paula to see the Lord move by the power of his spirit um, in, a, in a magnificent way, spectacular way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that means, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. God is preparing us. Mm-hmm or the work that he wants to do.
2: You know, I'm really kind of excited about that, because in the past, you've had, uh, like, start the school, or start the, the Malta, you know, or go ahead and go with Manor House. But this year, um, he didn't say anything particular, like, do this, do this, do this. He, but um, for me, he said, Paula, heard my, heard my name, relax, and trust me. I was like, "Well, okay."
1: You, you, I'm laughing because usually when he says stuff
2: like that to you, mm-hmm. he's gonna ask me to do something crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually, huh? Because I've I've run into the restroom several times over the years, going, "Lord, this man you gave me, you know, what what now? You know, I'm the I'm the string on the kite, just going here and there like with the wind. Don't know where it's going. Don't know you know where it's from. But here we go. You know, so Paula, relax. Trust me." And now you just made me nervous (laughs) because you're going to make you have to do something crazy.
1: I think it was really important because a lot of times when we we have breaks and we really want to do some checking into our hearts, uh, it's, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And and basically God was saying, you know what? I've chosen you um, to to, to partner with me in this spectacular work, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to do it. Mm You just have to agree to go. You've got to be there. Mm-hmm. And, but, but I'm going to do the work. And so we're sort of looking forward to that. Yeah. That was yeah. my message really on Sunday mm-hmm. when we returned.
2: Yeah. I loved your answer yesterday uh, to the lady who called about fear or who sent in the, the note about fear. And so, Paula, relax. Trust me. I'm scared to death of what that means. And yet I know for a fact that um, God is faithful. Has been, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go maybe a little fearful, but I'm still going to go. And he's going to, he's the one that started this work, and he'll be the one that'll finish it. And so all these things, which makes no sense, when you first started doing the radio program, we didn't have any money to pay for a radio program. And now um, we've been on the radio, I don't know how long, and uh, that I'm on this radio station with you. There was, there was no way I could have thought of any of this. And yet, we live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> You're a pastor. What?
1: Let's, yeah. pick, let's pick up. That. We'll, we'll take a couple phone calls. Let's go first to San Antonio and talk with Jeff on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
3: Hi there, my, my radio pastor. Um, I don't know oh, why goodness. throughout the week, um, I thought of that bench too. I thought, I wonder if they got there and someone was sitting on their bench. That was <laughs> mm-hmm. so, that kept going through my mind. So, so really glad you're back and glad you're refreshed. And um, that's that's wonderful. Um, thanks, Jeff. My thanks, Jeff. My question for you, you because you, you just started to touch on that, I wondered if you elaborated on it a little bit more. Uh, you know, praying for our families or unsaved family members. In my case, mm-hmm. both my wife and I are involved in and, and our entire family on her side, entire family on my side, none of them, none of them want anything to do with Jesus Christ or the church. And um, my father, I have a stepfather also, both in their uh, mid-80s, both have had medical crises. And they don't, one of them's a, a Staunch Unitarian, and he just not want to talk about about faith with me. He thinks I'm just totally, you know, kind of the black sheep of the family. And now I'm serving people because, you know, not out of love, but because I've been a broken man, and so I have compassion. he Has a really twisted understanding of of my calling, um, and I, I I can't convince him. And my wife. All her family's traditional Hispanic Catholic, and I have a mother-in-law that's been vehement about, I was born Catholic, and I'm going to die Catholic, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And she has so much resentment in her heart, and you just say, okay, how has that served you in, in your life, in the world, and to, to have, to be such a, you know, a miserable person with such, a, such an outlook on life, but you loved your tradition so much. Where's the heart of it? I mean mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's it's a it's a burden for us. I don't know if it's supposed to be kind of like a, you know the, um, the the thorn in Paul's flesh that, that we, we bear that, that that brokenness of of no one in our family, you know, that that is that wants a relationship with Jesus. And and it's probably the most depressing, heartbreaking thing, you know, the personal thing you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a brother who's a hard scientist, is an organic chemist, and his wife is a biophysicist, and she's a dean at a college. So they're just way over, way over the top. So educated that they just know science above all else. Mm-hmm. I could possibly refute you know, anything with them. So. I'll take I'll take okay. your 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 uh, wisdom off the phone.
1: Thank you and glad you mm-hmm. got it. Thank, thank you Jeff. God can bless I you. go first? Yeah go ahead. Please. Okay. Um
2: you know what your heart is the heart of the Lord as well and you can hear the pain in there. Um but this is one of the things the Lord was really uh, sweet to me this time because um I used to have uh, one of our elders uh, Rick Gonzalez prayed for me every every time I would go to California on my uh, vacation because I wanted to win my kids, you know, for Jesus. I wanted them to be saved before we came back home. I wanted to give that, that report to the church about my kids got saved. Something I said, you know, <laughs> convinced them. And yet this year I, I didn't even ask Rick to pray. I just said, Lord, um, I'm going to go with you. And I felt absolutely no pressure about my kids' walk or their salvation. They know. Your family knows, Jeff. And the one thing I can say, and they will have no excuse, is uh, their dad, Pastor Ron, is very consistent in his walk, in his speech, in his life. And they have to make the choice. Um, There's nothing we can say or do that's going to convince anybody other than just living the life, continuing to love them, not arguing with them. Um, But yeah, that heartbreak stays, doesn't it? It just stings so bad. But um, arguing or trying to debate and convince has not worked um, for me. And so I'm just resting in the Lord that um, he died for them. And just a reminder that Jesus knows every person who's going to get saved. And um, if they get saved, that's a praise of the Lord. Hallelujah. But if they don't, when you get to heaven, you won't even have any tears about it. The Lord will will remove all that pain. But, yeah, right now it's it's a hard thing, but all we can do is pray and live the life. So that's my little two
1: cents. (laughs) That's worth more than two cents. Jeff, a couple of things. You know, um, I I tell people, and I usually only tell them this once, um, but... I can't imagine heaven without you. And so that's why I keep telling you about Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean I'm preaching to them. But when they're with me, they're going to hear about Jesus. I mean, there are going to be conversations. This is what the Lord is doing. and But, but I want them to see my joy. And that's what this, the, the second thing is, that this whole principle of salt and light. And and here's what I believe is is, is what the Lord wants to use you to, to accomplish, Jeff. The first thing is that you've got, you said, two uh, sides your family in their 80s. Um, as, as they've had some medical issues, it's time to be direct with them. They may not want to hear it. The Unitarian may not want to hear it. The, the Catholic mother-in-law may not want to hear it. But as they face these crises physically um you're you're gonna be there and you're going to tell him, look you're going to stand before jesus soon you've been watching my life, you can see the joy that I have, and none of that have is is that you resent me to, to the mother in law and and um what has that done for you and so God will use your witness and your prayers. And he will do everything he can save, forcing them to come to know him. He'll do everything he can to win their hearts to Christ. And it can't be something that we take responsibility for. Uh, it's also something that we can't bear a, a real burden of sadness about. Um, when somebody dies and they die separate from Christ and you've been praying for them and you want them in heaven and you've been witnessing and, and your, your joy has been evident, Um, We know that God has done everything and, and the people finally are going to get what they want. And they want to be independent from God in life. They're going to be independent from God in eternity. And while that isn't something that makes any of us happy, it's also something that we can really rely on, the justice and the fairness and the goodness of God. So it's really important uh, Jeff, you, you just don't let them discourage you. When somebody tells me, well, don't talk about Jesus, say, well, then don't invite me over because I'm going to talk about Jesus. And we do it in a way that's not oppressive or anything, but, but the idea here is is keep it up. Keep it up. Be praying for them. Let's take Jimmy from San Antonio Online, too. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Can you hear me? Jimmy, you're there? I can hear you yeah, now, Jimmy. Can hear me. Okay, how y'all yep. doing? Good. You um, doing good?
3: Yes. The serenity prayer, is, is that okay to pray that
1: prayer? Uh, yeah, except it's association with AA. Um, you know, oh. it's it's just one of the things that you want to pray. Just, just, Lord, let me be focused on the things that I can deal with. I, I, I can't worry about problems and situations that I have no control over. So I'm just going to walk with you, Jesus, and let you do the heavy lifting. Uh, but the serenity prayer in and of itself is a, a staple of the 12-step process. And uh, I think in principle it's okay. I just think the foundation there is bad, Jimmy.
3: Amen. Hallelujah. That's all I wanted to. I had a feeling too.
1: Thank <laughs> okay. you. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless you. <laughs> 340-9585, well, I was going to say we have only a minute left, but now we don't even have that. Uh, this is a special date, day edition of The Word to Stand On. A quick reminder, we will not be live tomorrow on July 4th or Friday, July 5th, so that's why Paul is here. If you have any questions, 340-9585. You're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. We'll be back in two minutes.
3: Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
1: Welcome back to the second half of our Wednesday, Thursday, date day edition of the program. <laughs> Paula is live in studio. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, what's next?
2: Well, I thought Because when we go on our vacation, we always talk about church at the beach. And so now, you know, several of the families from here, Albert Chapel, San Antonio, plan their vacation in California um, so they can bring their family and friends to church at the beach. And so this year, nothing changed other than, you know, we were older. (laughs) 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 But, um the same thing happens, family and friends come to Church at the Beach, and you were just telling uh, our in-studio producer that uh, this was the first time we ran a little bit late, because we start on time, 10 o'clock is 10 o'clock. You know, we're take, thinking about people's time, um, but we started a little bit late this time because uh, one of the families caught in traffic had the beat box and the, the amplifier, so we had to wait.
1: And the guitar, too. So. And,
2: oh, and the guitar, too. Okay, so... Um, but Church at the Beach, and you taught on um, Galatians five twenty-two and 23, uh, you know, what? and you asked the question right off the bat, um, how are you doing in the fruit, with the fruit that's in your life? What's your fruit look like? Is it sweet or is it not? Um, and you started off, too, with saying that one encounter with Jesus Christ changes people. And, you know, a lot of people are out there listening. And so um, what we have found is even in Christians, sometimes we can say that we're Christians, but sometimes we don't really look like we're Christians.
1: You know, we, everybody wants sort of an eternal life insurance policy. You know, there's been this, a huge spike in, in the, the, the theology, the bad theology of universalism over the last five years. And uh, it, p- people are trying really hard to convince themselves that, no, good people, you're a Christian, you know, just because you don't do everything right, you're still going to get to heaven. And and the truth of the matter, Paula, is that if you've met Jesus, you're changed. You're mm-hmm. not the same you, person you used to be. Mm-hmm. The old is gone and the new has come. And to meet Jesus forces us to deal with our sin and his holiness. Mm-hmm. And so the man or the woman who says, I'm a Christian, I was baptized, I, I answered an altar call. Um, uh, I was raised in the church, but their life is producing really bad fruit. Uh, that's somebody who's kidding themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who live like this, Galatians five nineteen says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so the idea is let's let's give you a, a quantifiable way to measure mm-hmm. um,
2: how you're doing in your walk with the Lord. Yeah. And you know the man who who gets saved and and yet he still Drinking and doing drugs, you know, and the wife is like, hello, Uh, you're a Christian now. Need to put that down. Hey, don't tell me how to live my life, you know, Um, and still going to church on Sundays. Uh, And yet Monday through Saturday living like they never met Jesus at all. So, yeah, those kind of things. Um, And then the woman like me, I was talking to my, my friend today and I said, you know, back in the day. I just told my kids, "Hey, your mother's an angry black woman, and I'm angry today. Don't have your friends come over." And I remember when I, after I got saved, the Lord said, "That is not acceptable. You are different." Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "All things pass away; all things become new." And so I, I was telling her, "You, I could feel when my flesh wants to raise up and give me that excuse to misbehave, but yet if I'm truly born again." the the spirit living in me says, no, 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 no. I've crucified that part of you. And so now you get to live up, no longer living down or living with that excuse to live in the flesh and and misrepresent me. So um, in Galatians, you taught in verse 5, 23, 22, 23, but in verse 24, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. And so when I feel those things begin to rise up, I have to remind myself that's taking every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I have to say, no, 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 that used to be what I would do. But now I, I don't do that any longer. Not that I'm. I've overcome 100%, but I can feel the Holy Spirit say, hey. Yeah, but, but see,
1: even the fact that you felt like you had to say that, and okay. this, is, this is what happens when when we who are Christians, um, um, uh, we're, we're saying, well, this is what the Bible says, and then we sort of apologize for what the Bible says mm. by saying, well, I'm not perfect yet, but yeah, um, what we have to realize, Paula, is that we are perfect. In heaven, from heaven's perspective, we're perfect. God looks at us and he smiles and he loves us and he pours out more of himself to us. Uh, the process of sanctification on this earth is becoming more like Jesus every day and being more like him uh, in the way we respond to people and in, in the way we control our thoughts. Yeah. So it's not a matter of, well, I'm not perfect, so I have to apologize for for uh, uh, telling people this is what you have to do. Um, instead we, we simply when we sin, we hate it, we repent, and then we walk with jesus and um uh you know the the, the, the person i don't mean this is what you were saying at all when, it probably is so. it. well don't worry. it's not but it's <laughs> it's um sometimes we think we're 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 putting people to too high a standard. And the, the truth of the matter is Jesus is the one who holds us to that standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, John says to, 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 to be with him, we've got to walk in the light because he is the light. Yeah. If we walk in darkness, yet we say that we belong to him, we're a liar, and the truth isn't mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. So the idea isn't that we're ever going to be sinless or perfect, mm-hmm. but the idea is a real Christian is going to hate when he or she's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the real issue uh, we get so comfortable with some sins that we have come to accept them in our lives, mm-hmm. so we no longer hate the sin and that 's when two things happen: first, our fellowship with God is broken that means we 're left alone, mm-hmm. and when we 're left alone, the second thing happens is we get worse and worse we get less and less like jesus mm-hmm. so uh when you find passages like like uh, galatians five twenty two um Those are tools that God has given us to examine our hearts, see whether or not we're in the faith. That's what Paul writes to the churches in Corinth and tells them to do. Examine your heart every day. Mm -hmm. And we just get too comfortable with sin, and we try to make excuses for it. And you've heard me say this at church. I've said this on this radio program. Um, I, I believe fully that half of the people sitting in churches every Sunday are not real believers. They're not born again because they've, they've stopped letting the Spirit sort of prime their heart. Okay. Um, we've gotten so used to sin that instead of hating it, we make excuses for it. And, and really all we're doing is indulging it. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, um, the Apostle Paul would say, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we're in a really, really dangerous place. We have either crucified the flesh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or we have it.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And if
1: we're born again, if we've met Jesus, our flesh is crucified. Sin shall no longer be your master, Paul says. And yet we don't care that sin is our master because honestly we like to sin. Mm-hmm. And the, the real believer's response to that is, is um, I hate what I did, Lord. And then we, then we can say, I'm sorry, and he can forgive us, and yeah. then we don't to do guilt. The reason so many people carry such a burden of guilt is because they really haven't repented of their sin. Mm-hmm. They okay. want to keep doing it, so they make excuses for it, and they feel guilty about it. Why? Because they are guilty. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the problem is that they don't realize either the power of God or the holiness of God, and we miss out on what God wants to do. When I talked uh, to the church this past Sunday about this work of God's Spirit that He wants to do using our church, um, um, I don't want to do anything that's going to disqualify me from being a part of that. And that's not because I'm a pastor. It's because Jesus lives in me, Mm -hmm. and He wants me to be with Him. He Mm -hmm. wants me to be involved Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, talking about, um, mm-hmm. you were talking about Romans 5 5, the love of God should have brought in our hearts. You know, that's what I came back with, and I've been kind of weepy ever since. You know, I came back just looking at people, talking to people, and uh, just realizing how much He loves me and how patient He has been with me. You know, this list of fruit-bearing in our life. And even going back to reading what I just finished reading, um, oh, uh, verse 22 in the New Living Translation says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And, you know, I just love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I've been praying for several years, Lord, I want to see that I'm changed. And I pray that for other people now, too. I want to really see... I want to, that, that talking about, I'm telling the kids, Your mom, I'm just an angry black woman, um, but I'm not anymore. I'm really not. Um, I can be angry and I'm always going to be black. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially but, after coming home from the beach.
2: Oh yeah, I'm darker now. You see my tan mm-hmm. is good, right? Um, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of food in our lives. You can feel, and I was, I was telling uh, the ladies on Monday night, I love conviction I love conviction because I know that my father is still at work In me to say um, No, 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 I'm working something In you, don't go there, don't do That, Uh, but he's working in Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness Goodness, gentleness, faithfulness And self-control, he's working All those in Each believer who Loves conviction and wants to be Different, so I'm glad I read this again Today, thank you Pastor Ron (laughs)
1: You know, another thing, Paul, church on the beach, we get to meet new people because we've done it now so often that people know we're going to do it. They call relatives and family members, friends Mm -hmm. and say, well, why don't you go up and and meet my pastor and go to church on the beach? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it took us a lot of years to get to church as big as we have already at the church on the beach. (laughs) So it's a good crowd.
2: Yeah. Um, I met a nice. You guys met a nice guy. I only got the benefits because I didn't get to meet him. Um, Jorge, he has a. What is it? A, acai bowl stand right there. And he just sat for the whole church service. just kind of halfway weeping. Um, and he had talked with Pastor Lane, who was there doing they, they led the worship. But uh, Jorge got saved seven years ago. I don't know the whole, whole story, but since he's got this food truck thing and, you know, sometimes when the Lord blesses us, we kind of put him over to the side, you know, you bless me with this food truck, and now I'm too busy on Sundays with the food truck you bless me with to go to church. But he said, weeping, but God brought church to me today. And because he was so grateful for the worship and the fellowship and the message, he gave you an acai bowl (laughs) that you don't eat, and I got the benefit. Praise
1: the Lord. It was Pastor Juan that was talking. It was Juan, okay. Yeah, and uh, um, so I saw him sitting over there, and I didn't know he was saved or anything at that point. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, I got to talking about a story. He was a drug dealer, uh, a a big-time gangster. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, at some point, the Holy Spirit just grabbed his heart and said, this has to stop. Uh, But not being in church or part of the church was really starting to, to... Depression. Mm-hmm. and uh, so he came over and he said thank you so much you brought church to me and i needed to hear that word today and he goes just wait wait right here and i didn't and he said i have something for you mm-hmm. now i'm hoping it's like a million dollars oh yeah
2: yeah yeah he's the one the yeah, position. He's, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but he brings me back from his from his cart that he's a vendor you know they pay a lot of money for those licenses and those mm-hmm. spots along the, the the strand there on oceanside and and he said he said uh uh, here, you. I have to give this to you. Mm. And it was about four times the size of the normal portions <laughs> that he gives people. And I said, thank you. My wife is going to love this. And uh, so I found you and gave you the Yes, yeah. And she
2: loved it. Yeah. Yes.
1: But uh, you see, that's what happened. There was another lady who showed up who's kind of got a fear of crowds. will not you share oh,
2: about yeah. her? Yeah. Uh, a friend of, of Clint and Rhoda's. They had uh, contacted her and told her that church on the beach, and she came all by herself. She was thinking that Clint and Rhoda were going to be there, but he let her know the night before, no, but she came anyway. And uh, she uh, is kind of like between churches, and you could tell that uh, the drought of fellowship and hearing the word consistently had begun to affect her. And so uh, she was very happy uh, that we were there. And I got to pray with her and talk with her. And I kept her around a little longer than she was probably comfortable with. Uh, But, you know, she's very shy. And sometimes I cannot be shy. And um, she was kind of discouraged. And I have the gift of encouragement. And I was talking about that again today. When you have the gift of encouragement, you're going to be around discouraged people. And she had been very discouraged, and we uh, tried to introduce her to some in our crowd who live in the area um, to see if she could go to church with them. And so, yeah, that's right. She, she rededicated her, her life to the Lord um, and said she will definitely be finding a church, and she's not going to go without fellowship like this again. And You know,
1: Paula, sometimes people will say, well, well, didn't you go on vacation to get away from this stuff? And the answer is never. No. You know, no. We are the church. Yeah. Uh, we used to go our first, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years mm-hmm. uh, that we'd go to the same same beach for vacation. We used to really struggle to find a church. Okay, where are we going to go? And let's mm-hmm. try this or let's try that. Uh, and it's really not a church experience. You go in and you talk to a few people. And I don't know why it is, but we always see somebody that knows us or somebody that we know where, mm-hmm. wherever we go. But uh, a few years ago, it just dawned on us that, you know, why don't we do church?
2: You know how it happened? We were supposed to have uh, family photos on a Saturday, and the photographer's dad had gotten sick, and so he had to cancel on Saturday. Could he do them on Sunday? And that's when we had Asia, Aya, and Yana, our three granddaughters, spending the night with us at the beach house. And so... Okay, we're going to have the photos on Sunday. So this is me grumble, grumble, grumble. We're going to we're going to miss church for pictures. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I can sing a little bit. And we got a pastor right here. We got three (laughs) grandkids. That's a church right there. So that's that was our first church at the beach. But it was in the beach house. And then every every year since then, we've had church at the beach.
1: And and uh, bigger and bigger crowds are coming. It's just kind of a neat experience for us. Um, we we also, um, you know, this may sound like I'm a little bit compulsive, but I get my hair cut every Wednesday.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, yes, you do. People say, Pastor, your hair always looks the same. Well, I get it cut every Wednesday, so whatever day you see me, it's going to be the same thing. <laughs> so it's not like when you go to the beach. I change that.
2: Mm-hmm. So We go to church. We, we read, we pray. We do, you yeah. know, we do the it's same stuff. It's just life in a different place. Yeah, that's all. Better weather. Yeah, yeah. and go to church. Yeah,
1: But uh, um, so haircut. so uh, over the years, we've settled into a, a barber shop. My barber's name is Sis, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I I always tease people. I say, yeah, in California, I have a black barber. Yeah. And yeah. so we go to this black barber shop, and and yeah. every year they're expecting us. How you doing? Uh-huh. So I get two haircuts while I'm there. That's right. And This time, at the end of it, um, you asked her, she asked you. Mm -hmm. I asked her, Could could you fix me up? She said, Oh, I would be honored to. So you got a free trim.
2: I got a free trim. Haircut. She was so excited. She goes, You would trust me with your hair? I was like, What? This is what you do, right? (laughs) I just hadn't thought of it before. So it was great.
1: We give our cards to people, show them how they can watch online. We. You tell them the radio program times and where they can watch online in California. Yeah. Uh, so my point is we're trying to be salt and light. Yeah. And, and when you're invigorated, when you're filled with the Holy spirit, um, it's, it's not a matter of, well, I came here to rest, mm-hmm. but that's how we rest mm-hmm. in serving the Lord. Yeah. Paul, let's take Daniel on line one from San Antonio. Daniel, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
4: Hey, Pastor Ron. Uh, Hi, Daniel. uh, I just wanted to ask you a question. Uh, I was just listening to what you guys were talking about, and uh, like as you know, I I can remember when I was uh, I first got saved. You know, I used to uh, I didn't really know what it was to be a Christian, so I would go from you know this church to that church and here and there. But I noticed that as you know, I would share my uh, testimony with some believers. And uh, they would tell me that, well, that either I was probably high on drugs when I got the, I supposedly got saved or they would, you know, like kind of make made me feel like I doubt, you know, my salvation in a way because they didn't believe what I was saying. But and then at times, uh, you know, I, I was so I was thinking like, OK, well, let me go to this church and let me I need to get discipled, you know, because I need to get grounded in. In in my faith, and you know, I remember one time I started going to this church, and I was doing these uh, classes, and they put me with this guy, and he was teaching me, and then it was crazy because, uh, like a few months later, I was visiting, I went to visit an old friend from work, and um, and you know, that that friend of mine, he wasn't a Christian, but uh, you know, he was there having a party, and the first person I see when I walk in is the guy that was teaching me the classes. He was in there, you know, <laughs> uh, partying with them. And I was like, the first thing, like, I just like struck, like, I just like freaked out, you know, like, and I I remember I left and I just started thinking, and I say, well, you know, I know we're not all perfect. And, but you know, it just, I mean, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is how did you, I know I haven't heard all about, but I've heard a little, you, you say that, you know, you used to, uh, Follow different teachers when you first got saved, and how did you determine to uh, stick to with the teachings that you believe now? And uh, yeah. you know, when did you, when when you, were, you know, how did you come to the point that you're at now?
1: Thank you, Danny. That's a great question. We're we're kind of running short. We're about four minutes in, I think. So uh, I'll I'll be happy to answer the question. I think it's important. It wasn't that I was following different teachers. For me, Daniel, I just needed to listen to to, about Jesus all the time. So it was more of a hunger than it was a a search. Um, But here's what happened. As a new believer, really wanting to follow the real Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit was at work. Uh, I'd hear these things, and there would be something that just wouldn't ring true. And uh, I didn't know what it was, and I couldn't disprove what he was saying, but there were some just some things that were being taught. I said, no, that that doesn't sound right. And it would drive me into my Bible. It would drive me into further studies. And I wanted to know what was true. And for me, I got connected with Calvary Chapel uh, pretty early. uh, When I was going to a lot of churches, I actually went to Calvary Chapel of Ontario. Um, uh, The the pastor there was a a man who's now a friend, David Rosales. And um, when he taught the Bible, it was just... Straight through verse by verse, uh, it was convicting. It had power and authority. Nothing like the preachers shouting and the preachers making empty promises. It was just the word being taught, and it so captivated my heart and mind that I ha- I knew I just knew that was true. And and uh, I've shared this with with you before, Daniel, the, with the radio audience. Uh, I knew I was called to be a pastor as uh, when I was only six months old in the Lord. And um, um, when I heard um, a Calvary Chapel pastor teaching the Bible, I knew that was who I was. I didn't know about Calvary Chapel. I wasn't uh, looking to be Calvary Chapel. I just knew that's who I am. Teach the word. Teach the word. And uh, when I started looking for a Bible college, uh, I knew that was where I would go. So uh, one thing I want to say about what you said, Daniel, it's very important don't worry about whether people believe you. You're you're an expert in what God has done in your life. And we're to share that. I mean, even if you don't have a lot of doctrinal things that you can share, uh, the one thing that you know more about than anybody is what God has done for you. And it is our duty. It's our obligation. Paul says, I'm debtor to both the Greek and the Jew. We're obligated to tell people what God has done for us. And the more you do that, the more... Information God's going to give you, the more effective that your witness is going to be. Mm -hmm. Paula, we're inside one minute. Anything you want to sign off with?
2: Thank you for praying for us, um, and thank you that we're back, and we are looking so much forward to um, another year with you. God bless you
1: guys. important Bible study tonight, pray for me, Isaiah chapter 36 and 37. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you again live on Monday. Thanks for tuning in to The Word to Stand On for Life. May the Lord bless you. God bless. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4